0: There are several similarities between architecture and UX design, including a strong understanding of user behavior and collaboration with clients and stakeholders. If architecture involves designing functional, efficient, and aesthetically pleasing spaces, UX design involves creating intuitive, easy-to-use, and visually appealing tech interfaces. We have a guest, Gitanjali, an architect turned UX designer, sharing her experiences and perspective on design in this episode. Hi, I'm Chitra. I'm Madhvi. I'm Jyoti. I'm Padmaja. Together, we are your hosts on the Edge podcast. We bring you stories and experiences from our experiments around learning, marketing, and design. These are stories of people, technology, and people interacting through technology of what we see, create, create. recommend so in the past few episodes we've been having conversations with designers and marketers from the clearly blue family adding to those conversations we have another designer with us today who has been part of our clearly blue family and it's a pleasure to have you with us, Geetanjali, and welcome to the EDGE podcast.
1: Hi, Jyoti. Thanks for having me, and it's a pleasure to be here.
0: So I came from a background of UI development, and I'm kind of new to the field of UX design and um, UX uh, research. So I'm really excited to have this conversation with you today. Do you want to tell the listeners about yourself? What's your origin story?
1: Uh, sure. I'm an architect turned UI UX designer. And I've worked as an architect for around seven years and then I made the switch to UIUX last year sometime and um, yeah, CB was my first UIUX job and um, right now I work with a company called Enference.
0: Oh that's amazing. You said you were an architect before right and yes. now you've gotten into the field of UI and UX yes. design. So how did that switch happen?
1: Okay, so when I chose to do architecture, I was very young, and um, the reason I chose architecture was very simple. I was a very artsy kid, and um, I thought it would give me, I mean, architecture would provide me an opportunity to use my creative abilities. And um, yeah, that's all the thinking that went into it. And uh, I mean, I enjoyed it a lot. When I was working, like learning and working as an architect I realized that I was enjoying um, creating like interesting spatial experiences uh, rather than um, just creating like um, aesthetic designs like and I mean UI UX as a field I the more I uh, researched into it I realized that it required a combination of the two main skills I had, which is like visual design and understanding user needs and creating um, unique experiences, which is what UI UX is all about. And uh, visualizing a design and getting it built or aiding in getting it built was what I had been doing for several years as an architect. And I could see that I could use these skills equally or even better in a more like iterative environment which UI UX was and the more I learned about it the more fascinating I found it so I decided to take up a course I did like a six month course and I worked on projects and I was hooked so that's how that happened
0: oh that's fantastic what is the overlap do you see in you know between architecture and uh, something like a UX design or a UI design
1: so in addition to the skills I mentioned earlier I noticed so many similarities between both architecture and UI UX design while I was doing my course and while I was working on my first project starting from the user des- user research phase where I noticed um, how what wonderful t- tools like creating uh, user personas or journey maps user journey maps were how how useful they are in gaining um, Clarity on the user needs, how much they help in coming up with solutions, all that, and also how they help in communicating um, your thought process or your solutions with your clients. And um, I did feel that all this was missing solely in architecture, such... uh, Uh, you know it it was a little bit haphazard the way it happened and there was no process as such we would just sit with a client get down their requirements go to the drawing board start sketching and then there would be so much back and forth and things like that so starting from there but um, at the core of it is understanding in depth the user requirements and then um, so when I reached Um, the stage of creating user flows and site maps I understood that the thinking that went to it went into it was very very similar to when I created like bubble diagrams and um, like zoning Um, single line plans these are architectural terms terms where basically you like you know like zone out the spaces you need in a building and then you you know figure out the circulation to um, you you know to get to your optimal circulation spaces and um, these are also very similar in the sense, you are trying to figure out the navigation through an app or a website. Mm. And I mean, it was, it, it felt very natural to me because this is the kind of thinking that I'm used to doing. So wireframing I realized also requires a similar way of thinking where you have to use the available real estate creatively and you know achieve your optimum functionality and again it's the same as you know building a plan or a section coming up with optimal spaces with the space available so it was very very similar and I could adapt to it very quickly of course there were lots of differences I remember spending one late night thinking why is this taking me so much time I've done this so many times but then the second time it got easier so yeah but there are lots of similarities and there are there have been times when i had to adapt to a different medium like where i was used to thinking in 3d and visualizing spaces i had to like stick to you know visualizing uh, in a device or a screen so that was a change but it was easy to adapt uh, it wasn't i mean it was something that i could do easily because i it requires similar kinds of uh, thinking And also, um, the UI aspect of it was very similar. Like, it requires all the same skills you would need for interior design, say. And also, we have done uh, so many, many design presentations as architects Mm -hmm. that um, you are kind of well-versed in, like, colors, composition, um, scale, uh, typography, alignments. All these become second nature as much as it is for a UI designer. So, that comes naturally, and it still comes in handy, having that skill, having had all that experience.
0: Fantastic. I think from blueprints to wireframes, is that uh, or an apt way to kind of describe your change from there to here?
1: Yes. And also, it incl- includes a lot of like coordination with uh, engineers, coordinating with clients. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it's basically about visualizing something and getting it built, just that it's a different medium, and the people you what the engineering engineering team is different, but it's essentially the same process,
0: sort of. Fantastic! I think you really uh, brought that out very well. Mm-hmm. And I must say, when you when you spoke about your skills, which were uh, the transferable skills that you had, I I don't think anybody can even call you like you know a beginner uh, UX designer or uh, <laughs> you know a novice. I think you have most of the skills, right? Uh, maybe it's just like you mentioned the um, the size or the real estate that you have is probably just
1: shrunk. Can I say that? Shrunk and also one dimension less <laughs> Right,
0: yeah. So what is your approach to your uh, design process? How, how do you go about it?
1: Uh, okay, so it varies from project to project mm-hmm. depending on the requirements and the timelines that we have. Mm-hmm. Ideally I would love to go through the entire UX research process mm-hmm. and uh, then get to the wireframing and the UI design mm-hmm. but you don't always get the time to complete the whole UX research process and then go to the wireframes and go to go at it step by step sometimes you have to adjust based on your urgency and mm-hmm. the project requirements basically and uh, like for example You could, there has been an instance where um, we did some secondary research, some initial UX research, and then started off with the wireframes and the prototypes, whereas there is a detailed UX research happening parallelly, so that once we get enough input, we can go back and, uh, you know, incorporate that in our designs. But until then, we don't have to wait for the research process to get over to uh, release an initial version, basically. It varies again depending on the project like I said, but ideally what would happen is you start with the UX research, you do user interviews, you do surveys and um, you do some secondary research, you do competitor analysis and you gain as much insight as possible about the user requirements and uh, then you move on to like analyzing the data that you have, um, co- like collect all the data, and you st- do something called card sorting or affinity mapping, mm-hmm. where you group the data you have into categories, and this would help you identify patterns in these user groups. And based on that, you can identify what are the different types of users that you have when you're putting them into categories. And this creates your user groups. And based on this, you create your user personas based on the groups that you have. From there, you build empathy maps, user journey maps, all of these which are like empathy maps, you basically uh, delve deeper into the persona that you have created, you dig into like you, imagine what what they would say or do or want in a particular situation where they would use this uh, Mm -hmm. product that you're building and what are their pain points, what are their needs, things like that. You you don't imagine, you more like infer from the data that you have gathered and you try to understand them, you you build a complete persona in your head and you uh, gain an in-depth understanding of this user who is going to use your product. With that in place, you would move on to the user journey map where you are imagining like a chronology of events Mm. where this persona that you have created is going to use your product and where the difficulties arise and where it needs intervention and where a solution is applicable. And it helps you build further like user flows, where once you like, you're building out your, all your features, like by this time you will have a feature list because you've identified all your pain points and you're coming up with solutions, your feature list. And then when you're creating your user flows and your sitemaps, you have the chronology of the step-by-step process that the user takes from when they use your app or mm-hmm. your... Any product so once the research insights are in place prioritizing the most pressing pain points and coming up with the appropriate solutions for it so with these in place you move on to the user flows and the sitemaps where you're basically building the navigation for your app so in user flows you're basically charting out all the steps that your user takes while using your product in separate cards and you're like charting out the journey that your user takes while using your product and when you group these actions into a particular screen you get your site map where you're essentially saying all these actions are performed in this screen and then from there they move on to the other screen and then you're linking these screens to get your um, whole sitemap and from there you get you move you now you have enough information to actually build your wireframes yeah so from the wireframes, which are basically the skeleton of your uh, app or your uh, website. And um, once you have that in place, like you have figured out where what is going in a screen and you create your prototype, then you move on to the UI design or the visual design, the wireframes that you have created and um, you create a detailed prototype. Now you have your uh, prototypes ready to showcase to your clients. Mm-hmm. and you can go ahead and iterate them as you see fit or based on the client Or so, yeah.
0: Is there any project that you thought was a successful experience for you or something that you're proud of? Like it's a small win or, or maybe a big win too.
1: <laughs> so there are a couple of projects that um, are, that, uh, that I'm proud of. One is my very first project which is my favourite because it was my first step. I put in an enormous amount of work and uh, there was so much learning that happened and um, I think that one will stay with me. So it's a, it was a, a transit support app, where uh, an alternative to Google Maps or one where you can like, also book tickets like, for public transport. And also plan your journey, like a journey support app, let's say. I did a lot of user research for it. At that point, I did not know too much UI, UX. And I just had to trust that this was all leading somewhere. And there were times when I felt lost. And it all came together beautifully in the end. So that was a very happy (laughs) experience. Like everybody was impressed during the jury. And... um, yeah, that was a very successful first step into UIUX. So uh, apart from that, the current project I'm working on is also one that's close to my heart. It's a first of a kind EP case viewer, which is used to review electrophysiology cases. So as someone with no medical knowledge whatsoever, I had to quickly ramp up on the domain while working on the design simultaneously. It was a huge challenge and it felt like an impossible task that I was taking on, but I have settled into it and I am doing well and contributing as a UX designer to the project and I am quite proud of it. Another um, small project that I, that was actually a one week design assignment that was given to me as part of the Uh, interview process here at Clearly Blue by uh, the senior designer Subbu. Uh, That is also one of my favorite projects because I had to design a whole app in a week. And I did, I spent like five days doing user research for it out of the seven days, and um, I did a lot of extensive research and I used two days for the UI for actually designing the wireframes and the UI and it came out well and um, it received great feedback and also I was very happy about the in-depth research that I had done which again validated the fact that it was something I was not only interested in and enjoyed doing but I was also good at it so that was a great feeling which is one of the reasons it is one of my favorite projects. Validated
0: is always a steroid true so i think we 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 got a really good picture uh, gitanjali about what you've done and you know you coming from architecture into ux mm-hmm. do you have any advice to someone who wants to pursue a career in um, the field of ux i think
1: i think start with picking the right course i would say because there are um, or the right place to learn from um, mm-hmm. Where, whatever resources or wherever you, in whichever institute you choose to learn from ideally i would say what helped me was having to work on an individual project on my own with the help of a mentor and having a, a bunch of teammates i mean a bunch of classmates rather to discuss with on a weekly basis and then receiving guidance from the mentor and then attempting a project while learning each concept and applying it on a project that helped a lot and that kind of a setup would be very helpful. But I think you need to pick the right place for that because not a lot of institutes are like UX mature and so mm. it is very important to pick the right place, uh, you know, to, to speak to uh, people who have learned from there before and then choose the place you're learning from. And um, also it helps to work if you have the bandwidth it helps to work on a second project simultaneously while you're working on a first project. There is going to be a time crunch because you're going to want to land a job as soon as possible. And it helps to have as many projects as you can on your portfolio. So it helps to work on a second project. And then it wo- helps to work on a lot of smaller, quicker projects. Mm-hmm. Even just one screen, two screens. Just, it doesn't have to be a whole project from start. Like It helps to have like a few projects like that, but it also helps to have smaller screens, like smaller UI design projects where you can showcase your design skills. And it's also important to keep an open mind and to learn all aspects of UI and UX design as comprehensively as possible because there are not many UX mature organizations and it helps to have skills and especially when you're starting out it helps to have an open mind and work both on UI and UX and then figure out your specialization later. Also it always helps to be organized and to keep a UX journal which I was doing when I was doing my course like to jot down any ideas that you get because a lot of ideas and things you learn it it all goes unused and unutilized so mm. it helps to keep a journal.
0: Awesome. I think staying organized and learning by doing is what you mostly recommend right is the way to go. Yeah. That was great. Gitanjali, thank you so much for being here with us today on this podcast. Thank
1: you so
0: much. I had fun. Please subscribe to the Edge podcast on your favorite podcast channel. We are on Google, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher and more. If you like this episode, please share it with your friends. If you have stories to share and want to be featured on our podcast, write to us at podcasts at adepticlabs.com.